Hallelujah. Well, stand with us tonight in the book of Psalms, chapter number 3. And uh, I want to say it's good to be back in the house of the Lord. And uh, do uh, pray for my wife. She's having to have some tests run tomorrow, so she's not able to be here tonight. And I know this is, I told her today, I said, this is the worst Wednesday uh, for you to have to miss. But it's just one of the things that can't be helped. But uh, don't forget to pray for the uh, ladies' conference Friday night and Saturday morning. Make plans to be here. Don't plan to do anything else. Be here and uh, encourage other people to come. Uh, there'll be a lot of ladies that'll be coming from different uh, different parts of, of states and all, but there'll be a good crowd. But we want you to be here and want you to pray. Amen. Pray that God will do something in people's hearts. Psalms chapter 3 uh, tonight, Psalms chapter 3, and we'll begin reading in verse number 1. The Bible says, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God, Salah. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill, Salah. I laid me down and slept. I awake, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousand of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Selah. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I want to thank you tonight. There's a record book. I want to thank you that my name has been written in that book tonight. God, that we can know that we've passed from death unto life. I pray now, Lord, that you'll give us liberty, Lord, to preach the word of God. I ask if you would to touch us and fill us with thy presence and thy power. Lord, I pray that you'd be glorified in all that will be said and done. Lord, speak to our hearts. Help us to be willing and obedient to do what you'd have us do in the invitation. And we'll love you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to draw your attention tonight to verse number 5 where David says, I laid me down and slept. I wait for the Lord sustained me. And I want to preach on this subject tonight on manna for the morning. Amen. Manna for the morning. Because this psalm here is one of the first psalms that is mentioned in the book of Psalms that has a title. If you'll notice that the Bible says here, if you have a Schofield Bible or whatever, if you have a Rock of Ages Bible or any kind of study Bible, at the top of that, it'll say the morning psalm. And the reason for that is because in verse number five here, David talks about being laid down to sleep and awaking on that next morning and how that the Lord had sustained him. Now David wrote this psalm in a very critical time in his life. He wrote it at a time when he was on the run from Absalom and Psalms chapter 3 and Psalms chapter 4 and Psalms chapter 5 are some of the uh, first psalms that are in the Hebrew uh, uh, hymn book and these psalms go together and it's believed that David wrote Psalms chapter 3 in the morning time. He wrote Psalms chapter 4 in the evening time and then wrote Psalms chapter 5 again in that following morning. And I think if you read these scriptures tonight, uh, these passages of scriptures, that they kindly flow with that same of thought. But in this psalm here, uh, David is talking about his adversaries. He's been on the run. He has spent the night uh, running for his life, him and those faithful men that have been behind him. And he has crossed the book, Brook Kidron, just like our Lord Jesus did when 
he was uh, in that night before he went to Calvary. And my friend, uh, uh, listen, David is running for his life and he has crossed that brook now. And he's come down and he's had a good night's sleep. And he's woke up in the morning time. His problems are still there. His troubles are still there. But rather than David worrying about all the circumstances that are around him and that's in his life, uh, uh, David sits down and picks his pen up, the sweet psalmist David, and he writes this psalm or this song unto the Lord. I'm reminded of what the psalmist said in one place uh, when he says he giveth a song in the night. And I'm glad that the God that I serve tonight and the God that you serve tonight, he knows how to give us a song in the midnight hour, amen? He knows uh, how to encourage our hearts when it seems like everything has turned against us. And that's what David is saying in Psalms chapter three. I want you to notice in verse number one and verse number two here, David, he talks about his adversaries. As he says, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Now, if you live for God any length of time, you're gonna have some people that's gonna trouble you in this walk of life. I wish tonight that we could just get along with everybody, don't you? But the truth is the world's never gonna love you if you live for God, amen? The Bible said in 2 Timothy 3 and verse number 12, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And David says in this psalm here that he had many adversaries and he talks about these adversaries in verse one and two. He tells us in verse number one that these adversaries are big in their size. As he says, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me. In other words, Brother Charles, he said, my adversaries are bigger than what I am right now. You know, David had to deal with that all of his life. Saul was bigger than David. Goliath was bigger than David. And listen, there's always somebody that's going to be bigger than what you are. But you know what? I'm reminded of what the songwriter said when he said, how can I lose the battle when I've got God on my side? Amen. It didn't matter how big Goliath was. It didn't matter how big Saul was, hey, both of them was dead and David was still serving God. And brother, I want to tell you our adversaries may be big in size, but God will take care of us. Amen? And so I see here that they were big in their size. I see something else in verse number one that these adversaries was bold in their speech. As he says, many are they that rise up against me. Now you stop and think about this tonight. In Psalms chapter three, David didn't just have one enemy, Brother Laddie. He had a lot of enemies, amen? I mean, you think about Absalom, he was a family member. You think about Ahithophel, he was a faithful friend at one time, but both of them had conspired together and they had turned against David. You know what that tells me? Uh, listen, Absalom being a friend and Ahithophel being a, or Absalom being a family member and Ahithophel being a friend, that, that listen, that tells me this tonight, that adversaries sometimes uh, can come in unlikely places and unlikely people, amen. You see, the people you never thought would turn against you, Brother Danny, sometimes they're the very ones that'll turn on you. Sometimes it's family members. When you get saved, they, they don't mind you getting saved, but they don't want you to become a fanatic about it. 
Sometimes it's friends, it's people, it's sad. It's a sad commentary tonight, but even people that we have went to church together, if they get out of the will of God or they backslide, all of a sudden they turn against you. You know why that is? They're not really turning against you, they're turning against God. And can I tell you, that's what's wrong in this text tonight. Absalom's not really, listen, it's not that he's the enemy of David, he's the enemy of God, amen? And he says that my adversaries are bold in their speech. He said, there's many that rise up against me. He said, here's what they say. He said that they say that to my soul, there is no help for him in God. Now these adversaries was talking to him. And can I tell you tonight, the adversary is gonna talk to you. Whether it be the devil or whether it be people tonight, you're gonna always have to put up with what the adversary has to say. You know, when people turn against you, they never walk away in a quiet manner. When people turn against the church or when they turn against, if a family member, if you was to have a, a difference with a family member tonight, if you was to take a stand biblically, they're not just gonna walk away quietly. They're gonna have something to say about that. The devil has always got something to say. You know why that is? And they're gonna say things in this category. There's no help for him in God. They're gonna say things like this. Well, if you take that stand, you'll lose your children. If you take that stand, you'll lose your church. If you have those principles in your life, you, you won't be able to, uh, listen, your life won't be as, uh, as, as good. It won't be as successful. Hey, listen, David had some adversaries, but they wasn't walking around quietly. They was telling others, uh, oh, listen, David was running for his life. Can you imagine what people were saying? It looked like Absalom was, was winning. It looked like Absalom had stayed stolen the hearts of, of the men of Israel. It looked like Absalom, was all, as he was on the rise, it looked like he was the victor. And it looked like David was the loser. And they was uh, walking around with their chest pooched out. And they was daunting him and saying things. And David had to listen to it. You know, sometimes when people say things, we've got to be careful that we don't react to what they say. Let God be our defense. David didn't attack Absalom and David didn't attack Saul. But God took care of both of them, didn't he? You see, tonight, we're uh, many times if we're not careful, we're quick to respond. Jesus, I've heard people, I'm not talking about lost people neither. I'm talking about people in church. I've heard people uh, ball their fists up and grit their teeth and say, well, so-and-so told me something and I, I just, I'm telling you, I just let them have it. Can't do that tonight. You say, but preacher, what they were saying was terrible. They was wrong. God has to be your defense. It takes more spirituality and grace to keep your lip locked and your tongue in place than it does to just rattle off and, and have the last word. And David in this text, he said, my adversaries are bigger than what in, my, in size than what I am. He said, they're bold in their speech. He said, they're brazen in their speech. David is pointing out his adversaries in this text. But I see in verse number three that David not only has some adversaries, but thank God he has an advocate tonight. Amen. I'm telling you, David is not by himself. And he knows that. In verse number three, uh, David said, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of my head. I'm telling you, it looks like David's losing. If the enemy is closing in on him, I'm telling you, Absalom is on his trail. David has run all day. He has crossed that little brook and he is on the other side. He is, listen, he's off the throne. He's no longer, listen, as far as they're concerned, king. 
but in the eyes of God, he still was. And David, rather than trying to have the last word, David, rather, my friend, than just trying to fight the battle in his flesh, David picks his pen up and says, God, I'm gonna write you a song. And he said, I'm gonna tell you that the enemy's against me. Hey, the devil will get on your trail. But David said, in spite of the devil, in spite of my enemy, David said, but thou, Lord, you're a shield. You're my glory, and you're the lifter up of my head. Hey, you know what you need to do sometimes in the midst of adversity? You just need to go ahead and worship God. You just need to go ahead and lift his name up. You just need to go ahead and praise the Lord. Amen. And David said in verse number three, he said, Lord, you're my shield. He said, you're my glory or you're my song. He said, you're the lifter up of my head. He said, you're my strength. Is that not who he is tonight? I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how much adversity we face in this walk of life. I'm glad he is my song tonight. He is my salvation. He is my strength tonight. How many times has our head been down and God would reach over and get us by the chin and pick it back up? Sometimes he does it through a message. Sometimes he does it in the place of prayer. Sometimes he does it in a service somewhere. Sometimes he does it in a testimony. My friend, but God, he knows how to lift our head up when it's down and discouraged. And David, in this morning time, he found some manna. He found some heavenly manna as he began to worship God in spite of the adversity that was in his life. What stands in my mind is this is David did not allow the circumstances he was going through to affect his spirituality. Oh, how many times do people come to church and they just sit there and they blame it and they say, well, I've just had a rough day or I'm just going through a valley. Hey, that just reveals the weakness of our Christianity. When we only shout when things are good, that's a pretty shallow shallow Christian. Can I get an amen? In fact, if I was the world tonight and I was looking at a Christian that only shouted when the bills was was being paid and only shouted when things was going good, I wouldn't even want what they had because a lost person can do that tonight. But I'm telling you, them Christians that come to church and don't belly ache and whine just because they got trials, they don't get up and play the fiddle, fiddle to feel sorry for me just because they're going through heartaches. Oh no, they go to church and to look at them, you wouldn't think they had a care in the world. They may be falling apart on the inside, but they still go ahead and raise their hand. They still go ahead and bless the Lord. You know who's doing that? That's God doing that in their life. He's their shield. He's their glory. He's the lifter up of their head. Amen. Have you ever went to church and sat in church and didn't want to be there in your flesh? You were so consumed, and I hope you're not that way tonight. Some of you might be, but I hope you'll get some help before we're done. But have you ever went to church and your, your problem so consumed you that you didn't mean to feel that way, but you couldn't help it? I, I mean, it was just staring you right square in the face. And, and I'm telling you, the devil has been talking to you all day, been wearing you out. I mean, giving you a tongue lashing and telling you all these things and making you think the worst of the worst that was going to happen. And I'm telling you, if you'd done what the flesh wanted you to do, you'd have set it to house and wallowed in self-pity. But you picked yourself up and came on to church anyhow. Amen. 
and you got there not thinking you'd ever get a blessing, not thinking you'd even get in on the service, and all of a sudden, amen, I'm telling you, a heavenly hand reached down and lifted your head up, and God put a song in your heart. I'm telling you, and you shouted right in the devil's face. Hey, that's old-time religion, friend, and that'll get the job done in 2016. I'm saying he is the lifter up of our head, amen. And so we see that David has an adversary. David has an advocate, but I want you to notice this. In verse four and five, David has an answer. You know, when you worship God, God will talk to you. And I know when we pray, God will talk to us. But I'm telling you, I've had God drop some things in my lap, answers I was looking for in that moment of worship. That act of obedience to God. David, in verse number four, he cries unto the Lord with his voice, and he he said he heard me out of his holy hill. David, I see his cry as he cries out to God. He he asks the Lord for help, and, and he has confidence. As he said, he heard me out of his holy hill. You know, my question tonight is this, is David, in this verse, if you cried to God, how do you know the Lord heard you? You ever thought about that? When you cry out to God, how do you know if God hears you? You might be here tonight and say, well, I just felt like you heard me. Better not go on that. Better not go on them feelings. They can deceive you. I see a lot of people say, well, I felt like I got, I got through. Don't go on the feelings. Because if I prayed when I just felt like I got through, there'd be a lot of days I would never pray. I'd stop in the middle of it. David You said, I cried unto the Lord and he heard me. David, how do you know God heard you? I'm going to tell you how David knew. Number one, David could look back in his past and there's other places where David wrote, this wasn't the first time David had ever cried out to God. He said in Psalms 40, he said in Psalms 40, he said he brought me up also out of a horrible pit. He said I waited patiently for the Lord. There it is. And he said he inclined unto me and he said he heard my cry and he brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the merry clay and he set my feet up on a rock. There's another place where David cried. In Psalm 6, he cried unto God when he had sinned and he said, the Lord will hear my prayer. The Lord will hear the voice of my supplication. I'm going to tell you how David knew. It wasn't the first time David prayed and David knew that all he had to do was cry. David also knew the word of God and the Bible says that he that's of a broken and a contrite spirit, he said, I will. The Lord is nigh unto. And David began to cry out to God and with confidence, he knew that God would run to his rescue. Amen. Have you ever cried out to God? Then you've got your answer tonight. And the answer is, is that his eyes are over the righteous and his ears are open unto our prayers. David has an answer and he cries and, and he has confidence. But I see in verse number five, he has comfort. Look what he said. He said, I laid me down and slept. Well, this doesn't sound like a man that's on the run for his life. This doesn't sound like a man who the enemy is just over the next hilltop. But David had done everything he could in, in this psalm. At this point, he had done all that he, had, that he could do. And he comes to this point in his life where now the sun has set. He has run as far as he can run. And now he lays down. And I can see David in my mind as he pillows his head on a rock and he pulls a, a, a blanket of some sort over him. And David lays down and he may have prayed a prayer like this. Oh Lord, keep me tonight. I've done everything 
everything I can do. If the enemy comes upon me, you're my refuge and you're my strength. And David closed his eyes and he slept like a baby with adversity on his heels. And he woke up in the morning time and he looked around and the enemy was nowhere to be found. And David said once to again, God has taken care of me. I'm telling you, there have been some times I laid down. I didn't know if I'd see the sunrise of another day only to wake up and realize that God had kept me through the night, that the Lord neither slumbers nor sleeps. Thank God I'm glad he knows how to take care of us in the midnight hours of our life, amen. And David had his answer that God had took care of him through the night. The enemy had not swallowed him up. You know the devil would have every one of us to think tonight that we're all gonna die tonight. I know a lady tonight that, bless her heart, and I'm not picking on her, but she's been dying for 25 years. I told my wife one day, Brother Charles, I mean, every time, so if, if you get around her and said you had something, she's gonna come down with it by Friday. Or she's gonna go to the doctor and find out if she's got it. I mean, she's always uh, uh, concerned. And I'm telling you, I, I told no lady one day, I said, we need to pray for her. I said, she's been dying. I even told her that one day. I said, you know, you've been dying for 25 years and you're still alive. You've been, I don't want to spend my whole life planning my death. Somebody say amen. You say, but preacher, you're going to die. I know that and you are too, but I want to live while God's giving me time to live. I don't want to waste one day planning on dying. I don't know when I'm going to die. I don't know where I'm going to die and I don't know how I'm going to die. That's all up to God and his divine appointment. I may escape death by the second or, or the rapture of the church, uh, but if not and it comes time to die, it'll just be sleep, the Bible says, uh, and I'll close my eyes uh, and wake up in glory, hallelujah. Uh, but until then, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm not going to let the devil torment my mind about death. I'm going to get up every morning and say thank you God for letting me live another day this side of eternity. Thank you for taking care of me. Thank you for putting food on my table. Thank you for putting clothes on my back. Thank you for paying the power bill one more month. Thank you for keeping the children safe. Thank you for keeping everybody healthy. Thank you for letting me go to the house of God one more Wednesday night. One more time. Thank you for letting me preach one more time. I'm telling you God knows how to sustain us tonight, amen. He knows how to take care of us. I'm telling you, the devil would have killed every one of us today, had he? But we're here tonight, aren't we? And if it's the Lord's will, we'll be here again on Sunday and we'll be back another Sunday and God knows how to take care of us tonight, amen. He's the answer, isn't he? And if tonight, if you get a bad report, He'll hold your hand every step of the way. He knows what's best. And glory's not going to be too, ba too bad of a deal in the end anyway, is it? I don't want to go through death, but to wake up on the other side and to see what we're going to see, it won't even matter once we get over yonder. And David has his answer. I notice in verse number five that David tells us that he's relaxing and resting. He said, I laid down and I slept. He rises back up and, and now he's reflecting back as he said, it was the Lord that sustained me. And when the Lord sustains you, here's, here's what David says in this psalm. He says, when the Lord sustains someone, he said, there'll be no fear. Notice what he said in verse number six. He said, I'll not be afraid of 10,000s of people that have set themselves against me round about. You know what David does in verse number six? He counts, this is not just a 
a, this is not just a figurative, a, a figure of speech tonight. David has considered the fact that there may literally be ten thousands of people that have turned against him. He was the king of the nation of Israel. And David has considered the fact that by sunrise, Absalom and Ahithophel may have turned everybody against him. And it may just be David all alone, him and these few men and God. You know, sometimes you feel like everybody's turned against you. Sometimes you feel like you don't have anywhere to turn to but God. And can I tell you tonight, if you don't have anybody but God, you've got enough. I'm telling you, no matter what adversity you face in life, if you don't have another friend, then you have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. If you don't have another resource, you've got all the resources that you'll ever need. If you don't ever have another guide, you got the greatest guide, the greatest shepherd, and Brother Teams talked about that'll ever lead anybody. If you listen, if you don't have another captain of your ship, then you've got the greatest captain. My friend that has never lost a, a listen, he's never lost or never had a casualty. His ship has never went down. What I'm saying tonight is uh, the church may be despised by this world. She may be rejected by this world, uh, but thank God at the hem of our vessel is Captain Jesus tonight and thank God he's leading us safely through this world of adversary, of adversity and he's going to get us to the other side. Amen. David said, I don't have any fear. He said, I'm not going to be afraid. If it's 10,000s of people that have set themselves again, David said, I'm not going to be afraid. He said, I'm going to trust God. There's no fear when God sustains you. I want to say in verse number seven, there will be no fight when God sustains you. Look what David said in verse seven. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Hey, you know what David says here? He said, there's no fight for me. He said, this is up to God. David said, I'm not fighting this battle. It's in God's hands. How many times have we tried to fight the battle ourselves? I'm going to tell you to wear you out, friend. I'm going to tell you something else. The enemy's greater than what we are. The enemy's more craftier than what we are. But I'm going to tell you something. The devil, he may have won some victories with man, but he's never whipped God one time. When the devil walked in the Garden of Eden, I mean, he did a pretty good job taking Adam and Eve down. But when God showed up and come walking in that garden in the cool of the day, you know what God did? He waged war on the devil. And before he ever spoke to Adam and Eve, after he found out, after he had got them to realize what they had done and confronted them, when God started handing judgment down, he went to the devil first and he said, cursed you'll be. And he said, upon your belly, he said, you'll go and then dust you'll eat all the days of your life. You know what that tells me that all through the pages of the word of God, the devil's always lost the battle. He's never whipped God one time. I'm telling you, it didn't take God by surprise. He turned right around and promised them there's a redeemer coming and that's going to save you in the end. I'm telling you, the devil didn't win that battle against God. I remember when he had Moses backed up against the Red Sea and he listened, it looked like he was going to lose and Pharaoh's army was hot pursuit after him. Moses lifted that rod of God and said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord and God did the impossible. He parted the Red Sea and brought them over on dry land. I'm telling you, the devil lost again. Amen. He's always lost. All through the Bible we could go and look at that. And I want to mention Calvary tonight because when Jesus died, it looked like that 
Death had won. And it looked like the Son of God had lost. But three days later, hallelujah, the rose of Sharon bloomed. He come walking out of the grave with the very keys that he had taken from the devil's side, the gates of hell. Jesus walked out with that and the title deed to this old earth as a victor, went back to heaven, sat down at the right hand of the Father, put the blood on the mercy seat. The devil's never lost one. He's never won one battle against God. And in the end, Jesus will come back, put him on the chain game, and then finally annihilate him in the end. You say, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying you don't have to fear. And I'm saying you don't have to fight. You've got a God, and I've got a God that'll fight for me tonight, amen. Then I close with this thought. When God sustains you, David said there'll be no fear, there'll be no fight, and then he said this, there'll be no flesh. Notice how this psalm ends in verse number eight tonight. He said, salvation belongeth unto the Lord. You know what David does tonight? Or what he doesn't do? He doesn't take any credit for any battle that he has ever won. Now you think about the life of David. He killed a lion. He killed a bear. He killed the greatest giant of the Philistine army. He defeated armies. He outwitted Saul. And over and over again. But not one of those does David ever take, does David ever take credit for. In fact, in one place in the Word of God, when it looked like David was, had lost everything, his wife, he lost, his, he lost everything. He called for the ephod. That's what the high priest wore when he went into the holy place. And David sat down and he worshiped God, the same thing he's doing in this psalm. And you know what the Bible says? He encouraged himself in the Lord. And the Word of God said he recovered all. I'll tell you how to recover all tonight. Learn to worship God. Amen. I'll tell you how church can recover all tonight. Worship God. Worship will get, hey, worship will help you gain some ground. You know that tonight? Worship will lift your head up tonight. Worship will defeat the enemy. I'm talking about if we'll come alive and if we'll worship, God will do some things for us. I mean, I don't know everything and I'm not an authority, but I have lived long enough to see it and I'm glad God's let me see the glory. I've seen it fall in the sanctuary. I've seen it on the faces of the people of God. And I'll tell you if there's anything about worship that stands out in my mind, I have watched people worship God when it looked like the world was crashing on them. It looked like when everything was turned upside down, but they came to church and they went ahead and they worshiped in spite of their adversity. And God met the need that was in their life. And tonight, that's what we desperately need. While we stand, our heads are bowed, eyes are closed tonight. I don't know where you're at in life, but you may be struggling. You may be facing adversity. Hey, there's manna in the morning time. I'm talking about you can get on this altar and get some help tonight. And I'll tell you what you can do. You can get up in the morning time and God will meet with you. He'll meet with you tomorrow. He'll meet with you the next day. He'll meet with you the next day. Hey, hear me tonight. If you're, if you are, if you're hungry for God, God will spread a table for you in spite of what you're facing, in spite of what you're going through. That's what David, that's what David saw. David knew that whether he was in a palace or he, whether he was in a thicket somewhere whether he was on the throne or whether he was 
had to take a rock, David found a place to worship God. And tonight it's true. Brother Blake's going to sing. And tonight if you need to come, others have come. You obey God while he sings tonight.